we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 20th, 2008. And in regard to today's teaching, I'm going to post a caveat right up front. In that, if you had not heard my previous teachings on things like the Nephilim, the Ascended Masters, Maitreya, the alien agenda, these types of things, then this teaching will most likely totally overwhelm you. So it would probably be better for you to go back and listen to some of these other teachings that are more foundational to what we're going to be talking about today. Okay? The Bible talks about if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? In Psalm 11, verse 3. So that's, that's the only caveat I have to, uh, in regard to the information we're going to be going over today. And what we're going to be talking about today comprises, I guess you would talk about the alien agenda, this whole subject of disclosure. There's a thing called the Grenada Treaty that we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to see what the New Agers and people that are highly involved in the cult are saying about the end times as well. Uh, received a, really a battery of things this week regarding Britain and the problem that they're having with this UFO phenomenon. Now, this isn't something that I'm making up. This isn't something that uh, I'm trying to grandstand about. This is something that's appearing in their newspapers. Yes, it's suppressed in our nightly news in America. But if you actually do any kind of keyword or any kind of searches on the Internet, it's very, very easy to find. Uh, this is from a news service called ANI, and it was entitled, this was in London, it is entitled, Alien Invasion Threat in Britain Intensifies Further. Now, these are the kind of headlines they're giving. This is not the National Enquirer. Okay? I'll just start, I'll just read you a little bit of this, and it's going to segue and tie into what we're going to be talking about later. This was July 1st, okay, not too long ago. In the latest UFO wave to hit Britain, a Royal Navy aircraft engineer claims to have seen a glowing object hovering over an M5 motorway. Michael Madden said that he watched in disbelief as a disc-shaped object floated above before it zoomed off at an incredible speed. He said the unidentified flying object flew for over three minutes above Junction 21 of the M5 near Weston Supermare. The 25-year-old was on his way back from Manchester with a colleague named Michael Kaysan at 9.50 p.m. on June 29th when he saw the suspected extraterrestrial craft. He said, I work with aircraft and grew up next to Manchester Airport so I know exactly what a plane looks like and sounds like. This was definitely not a plane. It was a circular disc which was bright, hovering hundreds of meters above. Other people must have spotted it. It was unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. It really looked like an alien aircraft in the films. Um, it really didn't look like an alien aircraft in the films. Uh, he said it actually had an antenna fixed to the back of it. Madden's claim followed has followed a string of recent UFO sightings. On June 7th, three soldiers claimed that they saw... This is three soldiers on June 7th. <clears throat> say, claimed that they saw 13 UFOs while on a night patrol in Turnhill Military Barracks near Market Drayton. The sighting came just two hours before helicopter police officers reported an encounter with a huge craft 80 miles away near Cardiff. They claimed to have given chase to the flying saucer-shaped object after it almost collided with their aircraft near the Ministry of Defense base at St. Athen. And then there's another 
headline that reads, Navy engineer sees UFO over motorway. UFOs are swarming all over British skies. Scores of UFO sightings claim after helicopter chase report. Uh, Liverpool threat of a UFO-led alien invasion. These are all within, this is from July 1st to June 26th. Uh, actually, June 20th. I mean, there's just report after report after report. And we've talked a lot about the alien agenda and other things. I've got uh, four other teachings that we've talked about this. Actually, really five. One of them is the Vatican easing humanity toward alien disclosure. That was probably the last one I've done. That has three parts to it. And then another one entitled UFOs, Aliens, Fallen Angels, Nephilim, and the Days of Noah. And then also another one where we talked about what they call the ancient astronaut theory. You have to wonder, when you see all this, these stories running on the news, you see what Hollywood is doing through things like the X-Files and, and all these particular shows. I mean, it's on cartoons with the kids. It's in the media. All of this effort and interest is being put toward this particular subject. And there's got to be a reason. It's just not being done just for our entertainment. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. What is the ultimate reason? Now, there's a, there's a little-known quote that Ronald Reagan made in a speech from the 42nd session of the United Nations General Assembly in New York. This was 9-21-1987. In this little quote I'm going to read you, Reagan talks about an alien presence or a possible threat to humankind and the eventual necessity for nations to get closer if this would happen. This quote is, and, and you can go up right up on the internet and, and go to YouTube and get this quote. In fact, I'm going to include it with the PDF for this file. So I try to attach a PDF file with each teaching that I do. So that as they're listening, if you want to have the PDF up, you can actually be researching this. Either while I'm talking or, or later. Or even beforehand, if you like. This is the quote from Reagan. I just watched this again last night. Now remember, this is for the United Nations, the 42nd session, in um, 1987. He said, in our obsession with antagonisms of the moment, we often forget how much unites all the families, all the members of humanity. Perhaps we need some outside, universal threat to make us recognize this common bond. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? What could be more alien than the universal aspirations of our peoples than a war and a threat of war? And then he goes on. Okay, so, this was a quote that he actually made before the UN. Which kind of gets the, you know, the gears turning in a lot of people's head. There's not a lot of people that know that this was actually said before. But it was said, and it does tie and segue into what we're going to be talking about today. This is probably the most, I guess you'd call it the most heavy-duty teaching I've probably ever done. I'm going to be getting into some subjects today that I've never talked about before. But I believe that it's time, hopefully I've, I've laid enough groundwork with these other teachings, where you'll be able to, to uh, understand what we're going to be talking about today. 
And again, when you talk about this particular subject, I'm not saying I am 100% dogmatic about every single thing that we're going to be reading today. The thing is, is that it confirms so much of the previous teachings that, that I've done, the research that's, that's already out there, and it seems as though not only that, this confirms what seems to be becoming painfully obvious in the media, Hollywood, so many different things are coming together and pointing in this direction. And that's undeniable. This first article we're going to be quoting from is called Demons in Aliens Clothing by Ron, Ron Patton. This is, a, this is really heavy-duty stuff we're going to be talking about here. Okay, Now, this is going to be one like blow-your-mind article after another blow-your-mind article. That's basically what it's going to be like today. I don't know how much I'm going to get through of this. I've got several. Uh, this is what I believe the Lord wanted me to talk about this week because I had several articles that when I went through um, how I do a lot of my research is I'll, I'll pull an article aside and read it later. Like if I see something up on the internet, read it later. And I had essentially six different articles that were all pointing in the same direction this week. And, and uh, so I, that's kind of how I came to where we're at for this week's teaching. So starting on this article, it says, As we enter the 21st century in a new millennium, Satan has devised the delusion that mankind is entering into an important evolutionary phase, a new age, or a new world order. Remember, Satan's the one doing this. So what's Satan's plan right now? Let's just kind of lay a little more foundation. What has he got to do right now? Well, he's got to lay the groundwork for the one world government, the one world political system, and the one world religious system, right? The new world order. The, 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 the one world system of the Antichrist that we're going to be in during the, the tribulation. That's Satan's main goal right now, isn't it? To lay the groundwork? Well, don't you think we would be seeing the preliminary steps of that? And we've been seeing it. For decades and decades and decades, it's been building to this. And all of this confirms Bible prophecy. It's not something that should frustrate us. Um, but we as Christians are called to be salt and light. And this is what we're trying to do today, is to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but to rather reprove them. That's what we're doing today. I'm not doing all these studies on this alien agenda because I want to look fancy or think I'm so smart. I really believe that it's obvious, painfully obvious, that this is going to play into the end time scenario and the end time delusion that Jesus Christ so warned us about. Where he, where he even talked about, you know, if it be possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Well, this is the part of that end time. This is part of the strong delusion that God is sending. Now, I'm not saying he's, he's permitting it to be sent, but he is opening the doors for the. God said he was the one that would send the strong delusion, that they would believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth. And where did he say that? In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where we're talking about the end times and the Antichrist, and the same things that we're talking about today. It's in that exact time frame when the strong delusion will come. In the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. The Bible says, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, 2 Timothy 3.13. So, 
this is just confirmation of the Bible, what we're talking about today. This shouldn't be something that's so radically out of any something that we could conceptualize. The problem is, is in the vast majority of the churches, we have not been equipped or prepared to deal with this delusion. Now, the Bible says in Hosea 4.6 that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And we're always, we're always called upon to, be, uh, to give an answer for the hope that is within us, the hope of glory regarding Jesus Christ. But if, worst case scenario, little green men turn up on the White House lawn, how are you going to deal with your neighbors that are coming to you saying, Hey, Mr. Super Christian, what does this all mean? Because that's real to me, because they're there, and I see them, I can touch them, I can feel them. Your God is this whatever ethereal God up in heaven, and why isn't he intervening if he's all-powerful? These questions will arise, guaranteed. So what I'm trying to do with these teachings is to equip you to be able to deal with the inevitable questions, delusion, also that you don't lose faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if there's something that can make you lose your faith, most likely that's the exact point where you'll be tested by God. He'll test you because, you know, he's going to try us. It says he was. We're going to be tried. It says that in Daniel that we're going to be tried. And the, and the, the Bible talks about that counsel to buy me gold that's tried in the fire regarding the Laodicean church age of Revelation 3, which is where we're at right now. And I saw that you may see well, if you have already voluntarily put yourself in a position before God where you're embracing truth, and you said, God, I want all that you can give me. Just, I want the truth. I don't care how bad it hurts. I don't care if it makes me feel uncomfortable. I want the truth. Well, God's not going to have to work on you near as hard, on that person near as hard, as he is on, let's say, the believer that is resistant to truth. That person he's going to actually have to really chasten. The Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, your bastards, chastening is like a spanking from God. Okay, so, truth is something that's very important. And we're in a, we're in an age of lies. We're surrounded by lies and deceits and deceptions. At every turn, if you were just to spend your life believing what's in the newspapers and on the newscasts and in the magazines, you are totally... 100% deceived. You will not get truth from mass media. You can't. You're not going to get truth from Hollywood. You can't get it. You'll get partial truths. You'll get the truth they want to maybe try to spoon feed you, but it's mixed with all this other stuff. It's mixed with leaven. Like when you put a little bit of leaven in yeast, and a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Leaven is always something that has a negative connotation in the Bible. It's symbolic with intermingling truth with, with error and sin. Not something we want. So I'm just trying to prepare you for, for what's coming here. So I'm going to just start over here on this article by Ron Patton, The Demons and Aliens Clothing. As we enter the 21st century in the new millennium, Satan has devised the delusion that mankind is entering into an important evolutionary phase, a new age. The push for global enlightenment has now extended into the vast reaches of the universe, into what could be deemed as a space religion. However, once this nebulous veil is lifted, 
A definite correlation emerges between the UFO alien phenomenon and the occult satanic activity. See, that's what we're trying to do, is tie all this together for you, because these are not separate things. These are all integrally related, and again, the Bible clearly predicted it was going to be this way. So, if you can get this whole, if you can wrap your head around the whole thing of the alien, uh, occult, satanic, all these things going on in the government, if you can understand that they're all integrally related, it helps you get a better perspective and understanding that the Bible, that what the Bible say is saying is truth, and what the Bible is saying is actually coming to pass. The ancient civilizations of the Egyptians, Babylonians, Aztecs, Mayans, and Incas shared several intriguing characteristics. They were extremely advanced scientifically. Number one, they were extremely advanced scientifically and technologically. Now remember, this is the Egyptians, Babylonians, Aztecs, and Mayans. Number two, animal and human sacrifices were performed at an alarming rate preceding their demise. Isn't that funny? They always had these animal-human sacrifices and it always preceded their demise. Three, they believed they had acquired metaphysical, metaphysical knowledge from the, quote, gods, whom they perceived as coming from the stars and also the subter uh, subterranean level of the earth. They perceived the gods not only coming from the stars, but from down under up which is something that's hardly ever discussed. Four, these cultures disintegrated or became abruptly extinct while at the pinnacle of their existence. Isn't that weird? You see these documentaries that have these thriving, you know, Mayans and these types of people, and then all of a sudden it's just like they're snuffed out. It's kind of almost like God gets to a point where he's like, okay, I'm done, they're done. I've, I've, they're, you know, their sin has reached up to the throne in heaven, and I'm going to wipe them out. And God permits this to happen. Many of these revered and feared entities that they these ancient cultures worshipped were described looking like winged reptilians or dragons. Similarly, Satan and his minions were depicted in an identical manner, as seen in artwork throughout the centuries. Okay, now remember, what we're doing right now is we're laying groundwork here. This has been going on for thousands and thousands of years through different cultures at different, in different ways. A monograph entitled The Reality of the Serpent Race by Branton reveals in Genesis 3 we read about the Nakash, the Hebrew word for the serpent. The original Nakash was not actually a snake, as most people believe. Now, this is what Branton is saying. But an extremely intelligent, cunning creature possessed with the ability to speak and reason. Well, I believe that this serpent was essentially like Satan incarnate. And yes, God did put a curse on him later when he was pronouncing judgment on both Eve and the serpent, where he was going to be cursed and you know on his belly, you know, he'll crawl the days of his life and these types of things. Another significant parallel from the Holy Bible is shown in Jeremiah 8.17, where it says, Behold, I will send serpents' cockatrices among you, which will bite you, saith the Lord. The definition of a cockatrice, in this regard, he is saying, is a reptilian, bird-like creature, a winged serpent. This could very well represent the phoenix described in Egyptian mythology. So we're just kicking around some preliminary terms here. A theory proposed by Bible scholar I.D. E. Thomas asserts that the race of the Nephilim, meaning giants or fallen ones, mentioned in Genesis 6-4 and Numbers 
1333. It closely resembles the alien race of the blonde Pleiadian Nordics reported to be 8 to 9 feet tall. The Nazis attempted to retrieve this mystical Aryan race in the 1930s and 1940s. This is what the Nazis were obsessed with, with the Aryan race. They called it the fifth root race. They were trying to strive for this perfection, this Nordic Aryan perfection, blonde hair, blue eyes, and this is the same thing that a certain sect of these aliens always show up looking like. Blonde hair, blue eyes, they call them uh, the Nordics. Mr. Thomas believes that a hybrid offspring cumulated from relations between the Nephilim and the daughters of man, resulting in increased wickedness upon the earth, thus invoking God's wrath in the form of the Great Flood. God had to take everybody out in the Great Flood because the, um, these Nephilim creatures, the fallen angels procreating with women, had so polluted every single thing on the planet, they had so corrupted the seed and we're going to talk more about that later, that God had no choice but to wipe out the whole earth, save eight people on the ark. That's how bad it was. Interviews taken of ex-Wiccans, which are uh, from witchcraft, and Satanists, who are now Christians, indicate a very high level of personal contact with various alien types, especially during the COVID meetings and the holiday rituals. Now bear something in mind, this whole alien thing is just a lie. This whole thing about, oh, we're from Zeta Reticuli, and we're from a galaxy millions and millions of miles away. When you start thinking in those terms, the first thing you're going to want to start doing is questioning the Bible. Because the Bible says, well, I don't remember where it says they're from Zeta Reticuli in the Bible, and, and this and that. It's a lie. They're of their father, the devil. Who is he? He is the father of lies. And of his works they will do, as the Bible says. They're liars. Pure and simple. Don't believe what they're telling you, or don't believe whatever you hear, whatever propaganda they're putting out for the week. They are Satan's seed. Okay, that's one thing I know 100% for sure. It's very hard to be dogmatic about, okay, are they like 10% human and and 90% whatever? They're Satan's seed. 100% without a doubt. Okay, we're going to prove that. So, for now, just let that suffice. Because the Bible says there is Satan's seed, and there's the seed of the woman. Okay, and we're going we're gonna to get into that specific verse just a little bit. So, let's go further. Uh, these ex-Wiccans and Satanists had a high level of personal contact with various alien types, because there's so many, there's a lot of different kinds especially during the coven meetings and the holiday rituals. Those coming from the highest echelon of Satanism, known as the Illuminati, believe that the original people who inhabited the earth descended from Mars via the moon. Okay. They believe the first established civilization was Atlantis. Renowned for their superior intellect, the Atlanteans suffered the same fate as a few of the preceding cultures already mentioned. The remnant people from Atlantis became the American Indians according to their interpretation of history. There's all these crazy theories flying around. Okay, this happened and this happened and this happened. And, you know, it's very, very hard to be dogmatic about any of that stuff. But there is some things that are very, very easy to be dogmatic about regarding these supposed aliens and what their agenda is. Dr. Richard Bolin 
has written extensively about the ET encounters, extraterrestrial, when you hear that word ET, that's what it means, and has found five common features of people predominantly involved in the UFO alien sightings and abductions. Number one, individuals possessing a high degree of psychic ability. Two, similar phenomena occurring in other family members, multi- or transgenerational. Remember the sins of the forefather are carried to the third and fourth generation? Well, if you have a aunt or a mother or a father that was involved in any level of the occult, and that would include the Freemasons, then they're passing their demonic baggage on to you via generational curses because they put themselves under a curse. Okay, this is how this happens. People that are more prone to alien abduction and visitation with aliens, this is the things they've noticed about these people that get abducted or see UFOs, individuals possessing high degree of psychic ability, that's demonic, similar phenomenon occurring with other family members, multi- or transgenerational, well that's demonic, Native Americans or indigenous peoples, well, not to say that these people can't be redeemed or saved, I'm not saying that at all, but the fact remains is that the American Indians in these types of people that were indigenous to North America, like when Columbus arrived, well, their religion, if you really boil it down, was witchcraft. I mean, it is. I mean, the spirit gods and all the, all the particular gods they worshipped, it was a diametrically opposed to anything that was Christian. Four, children who have been subjected to severe abuse or trauma. This is having to do with trauma-based mind control, and when you traumatize a child, particularly if you sexually molest a child at an early age, and, and, or at any age, what you're doing is you're imparting demonic entities into the person. This is well known. This is why with homosexuality, it's, it's a very, very common thing, an, an unbelievably high percentage of homosexuals were molested by a same-sex partner at an early age. Now that's statistical fact. It's not something I make it up. This isn't just a choice. Oh, I was born gay. No, wrong. You weren't born gay. You might have had an absolute genetic or a a spiritual predisposition toward this. Maybe you had this this same spirit running through the bloodlines of the family. The curse of the forefathers is carried to the third and fourth generation. And or maybe you were molested by a same sex partner at a very early age, which further imparted more demons. This is how this happens, okay? Now, I'm not coming down if somebody was, you know, homosexual at one time or whatever. I, I'm just telling, I'm just trying to state facts here, okay? Five, individuals and or family members affiliated to government or military intelligence agencies or departments. These are some other people that are. And I think you're going to be able to put the pieces together on this fifth one about military intelligence or other departments. I think you're going to be able to put that together as we go along. I'm not going to go into that one too much more right yet. Now, in conjunction, a strong relationship exists between occultic ritual sites, top secret military installations, and the UFO alien sightings and abductions. Isn't that funny? Hmm. There also appears to be a magnetic spiritual vortex or vacuum which has drawn many New Agers into these areas like Taos, New Mexico, Taos, New Mexico, Sedona, Arizona, Boulder, Colorado. I'll tell you what, I went to a seminar out in um, Denver uh, four or five years ago, probably six. And it was, it was a, 
it wasn't a chiropractic convention. It was, it was more in, into the nutritional realm. I, I specialize in clinical nutrition. And there's a particular professional product line that I use, and this was kind of, they were putting on this big seminar. And uh, I went out there, and I mean, there was a lot of people there. Hundreds of doctors and stuff. And, <laughs> I mean, I got set at this table arbitrarily, and everybody was kind of like, they'd go around the table, you know, introduce yourself, and, you know, where are you at, and what do you... I am telling you, I don't think I met one person that whole weekend that was not heavily involved in some type of new age, psychic mumbo-jumbo, they, they had brought and incorporated into their practice, into their chiropractic practice or into their nutritional practice. I, was, I felt like I was surrounded, I was in a big room of witches. It was that bad out in Colorado. Beautiful. I remember looking out, you know, in Denver, it's just surrounded by this mountain range. Oh, gorgeous. But I'll tell you what, the people out there, um, no, I mean, again, if you live there, I'm not coming down on you. I'm just saying what I saw when I was out there. It was universal. I don't, I know I did not meet one Christian when I was out there. It was that flagrant. Or anybody even professing to be. These, uh, it was, it was pretty bad. So anyway, New Agers are actually drawn into these areas. Okay? Taos, New Mexico, Sedona, Arizona, Boulder, Colorado. Now, I live in a hotbed for that. Here in, um, there's a, uh, this particular area that we're, where we live in southwest Florida is a hotbed to draw a lot of New Agers and witches and warlocks and, and it has to do with, the, with what they term as the vibrational energy of the area. And I, I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit trail um, because that's a whole other subject. But suffice it to say that witches and people involved in the New Age and the occult are attracted to different bodies of either particularly land or wherever they sense that they can um, work their magic, so to speak, better. Uh, sometimes they come, they, they'll go to a certain area to do a particular type of witchcraft or occultic work, like if they're going to work with crystals, they'll go to a certain area. And they have these things mapped out. If they're going to go to invoke a certain entity, they're going to get a better response if they go to this particular spot. Okay, Most likely because the land has been defiled through witchcraft, possibly through the shedding of innocent blood. Uh, and again, that, that's kind of a different, uh, a whole other different subject that, that uh, we just don't have time to go into today. So one prime example is the area of Dulce, New Mexico, where the Defense Advanced Research Project, called DARPA, has a highly secured underground complex in the Jacaria Indian Reservation a region known for American, Native American shamanism. Now, this guy Branton, that they mentioned before, has done a whole, republished a whole paper on the dull space. And it's not for the meek of heart. If you want to read what they say and what I've seen collaborated goes on at this underground base, it's unlike anything you could possibly ever imagine. I'm just telling you flat out. If you look up uh, Branton and... Uh, Dulce, if you just do a keyword search for those two words, B-R-A-N-T-O-N and Dulce, D-U-L-S-E. Oh, C-E? Yeah. Um, yeah, C-E. If you just do Dulce, New Mexico, you know, you'll find it. It's up there. You can, you can read it for free. It's a whole book you can read online. Now, don't go to Sherry Schreiner's site to read it either. Let me warn you about her. If, if any of you out there are, are into Sherry Schreiner, Get out, flee in abject 
care, okay? Because she's so far off biblically on so many things, she believes that Paul is the usurper, and that he's bad. Probably because she's probably the most unsubmissive uh, excuse for a woman that I have ever seen. She's at the head of her own ministry. She's teaching men and women. She's doing so many things that are absolutely unbiblical. A woman doesn't have a submissive bone in her body. And she's taken on this role of this great leader regarding some of the subjects that we're, we're going to be talking about today. And she's nothing but a devil. Flat out. So, don't go to her for information. Yes, there's some things you can glean from her site. And yes, I have done that, but don't go there. I wouldn't even advise you to do that. So, if we go further, the Bible says to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. That's in the Bible. And avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, their own carnal desires, in other words. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. So don't be deceived by somebody like Sherry Shriner or these other people. Because if what they're saying doesn't line up with the Bible, you know, get away from them. Don't follow man. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. So we don't want to do this. It's Jeremiah 17.5. So, um, talking about this dulse base, this is a region known for African American shamanism. And this is a big reason why there's a lot of, um, I guess you could say, uh, Native American shamanism or witchcraft that's went on in these areas where a lot of these military bases actually uh, are, particularly the underground ones. The facility is said to be used for gene genetic engineering, this dull space, including cloning. Now, we've already done a whole teaching on cloning, and that's one that you would be a good one to listen to prior to this teaching today. Uh, it, it lays the groundwork. Okay, for a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. So just, if you have any, um, if you want to know about a particular topic that I've talked about. I found this out the other day, it was kind of cool. If you go to my homepage, and you go to the little search box, you don't even have to type the whole word in. You could actually type in C-L-O-N, like, like not even the whole word, and it'll still find the keyword. It'll, start, it'll find part of the keyword that is associated with the teaching. Now that would work for anybody up on Sermon Audio. But anyway, it, it would make it easier for you to find, like, 501c3 churches. Do 501. Okay? Here's another thing, too. I get a lot of people asking me about, well, what about this and what about this? Well, I'm getting to the point now with all these downloads that, that we're getting off Sermon Audio, and I praise the Lord for it, but I'm, I'm trying to do it all myself, that it's getting tough for me to answer all the questions that are coming in. And something that you can't always do is go up on YouTube, or, or not YouTube, but um, Google or... or um, Yahoo, and you type in a keyword, and particularly if you can make the keyword a phrase, like two words, like, um, oh boy, what's a good, um, American Indian, okay, there you go. If you put it in quotes, it'll be more specific to the search that you're doing, okay, so if you just type in words and into a search engine, you're going you're gonna to get the... Um, all the articles where those words appear in any kind of random order. But if you actually start putting things in quotations, you're going to start getting a much more refined search. So that's a way that you can do, um, like, Unitarian Universalist, if you want to know about that. Okay? You can do keyword searches that way. And then what, and here's another thing you can do, is if you wanting, if you know something's bad, what you can do, let's say Unitarian Universalist in quotes, 
And then you put the word warning after it. Now, not within the quotes, but after. Warning, unbiblical, heresy, things like that. Then you, now you're further refining the search. Okay? So this is how I do my searches. Now, partly. I've got a whole list of, of Christian websites that I also go to that I've, I've been able to discover over the years. Um, and I actually emailed those out the other day in one of my newsletters. So, if you want to be on the newsletter, just email me and uh, just indicate to me which... I've got two newsletters, the Christian and a uh, health newsletter. Indicate which ones or ones you would like to be on, and I'll add you on to that. So anyway, um, if we go further, so we're talking about uh, some of these places in America that are well known to have these occult connections, these types of things. Congruently, the Mojave Desert in California had its share of military bases involved in black, what they call black projects. Ranging from research and development of advanced aircraft to M MK Ultra mind control operations, uh, Edwards Air Force Base, Fort Irwin, China Lake, Naval Weapons Center. Now, if you want to know a little bit more about like MK Ultra and these types of things, you might want to try to access some of the Fritz Springmeyer books. And I know there's a lot of controversy about Fritz and these types of things, but I'm going to tell you right now, the research that he has done is very confirmatory toward the research that, that I have done for the past, I don't know how many years now, on this particular thing. Okay, I'm not saying Fritz is perfect. Okay, there's some very eccentric people that will, like Doc Marquis, he's very, he's pretty eccentric. Fritz Spingmeier, a little bit eccentric, true. I'm not saying the guy hasn't had some personal problems. Okay, but does that discount every bit of his research is the question you have to ask yourself. When you read Bloodlines of the Illuminati, I'm telling you, the book rings true to me. It just flat out rings true. And, and so, you know, these are things that if you want to know more about the Illuminati, that's a great book, Bloodlines of the Illuminati. Um, Tex Mars sells it. You can do a keyword search. It's available for free on the internet. Fritz also wrote a book called Be Wise as Serpents. Now, you can't find these books anywhere other than Bloodlines of the Illuminati. Because from what I've been told, the Illuminati sought these books out to burn them and get rid of them at every turn. So some people have actually scanned the books and actually made them available online. So these are things you can check into. Now, uh, granted, you're not going to agree with every single thing anybody ever says. None of us are ever going to agree on everything. The important part is, is if you're going to read something like that, to glean from it. It doesn't mean you have to agree with every single thing that that person believes. If, if, if Fritz had kind of a messianic bent to him, you know, and that whole thing. And I didn't agree with, with, with all that, but hey, none of us are ever going to agree on everything. The Bible says that we see through a glass, but darkly. Okay, so none of us have it all figured out, including myself. <laughs> Doug, Doug just was aghast at that. He thought I did. I, I always thought I was the Grand Poobah, but I figured it out one day I wasn't. I, I wasn't as smart as I thought I was. Anyway, just kidding. Teasing. Anyway, so if we go further, coincidentally, it was the, the area where Charles Manson, now this is the, uh, this, this Mojave Desert area, it was the area where Charles Manson and his family resided in the late 1960s. These places attract evil, is what I'm trying to tell you. It's a demonic thing. That's why so much evil goes on in cities so much of the time. 
There's a Bible verse that says, Woe unto them that join house unto house. What is that? Well, that sounds like an apartment to me, or a duplex, or one of those things. Why would God feel that way? Because when you bring all these people together, particularly if they're unsaved, Sin begets sin, and it like it multiplies, like cockroaches, okay? You put all these people in a very, very cramped, tight space, particularly if they're not Christians, bad things are going to happen. It attracts negative, uh, it attracts demons and devils and, and evil entities. And when more sin happens, it gives them more of a right to be there. So these occultists are attracted to that. They call it a good vibe, so there's certain areas where, let's say, for one reason or another, a lot of occultic things have happened. Innocent blood has been shed. The Bible says that the blood of the innocents cries out from the land. Occultists are actually attracted to those areas. A Christian should actually feel repelled by those areas. Like, I know, like, if I try to drive over to Miami, I don't even like getting near the place. I can literally feel the evil just getting into the outskirts. And yes, I have had my third eye open. No, just kidding. Teasing. But I, I'm serious. I really can feel it when I go over there. I, I can't even stand being in... There's certain spots even where I live. I don't like the feeling. I can't help the way I feel. And there's certain places I feel much more comfortable. Uh, and I really believe the Holy Spirit lives inside you. <laughs> what, you know, why, would, why would that be of any mystery to us? Why that could happen? Okay, It's called spiritual discernment. These types of things. So, um, this area, this Mojave Desert area, it was also the general location described in the book, Outside the Circle of Time, in 1980 by Kenneth Grant. A portion of this book states, quote, John Whiteside Parsons, who specialized in jet propulsion, propulsion, jet propulsion laboratories, and L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology, and the former naval intelligence officer, L. Ron Hubbard, who was a follower of Aleister Crowley, and actually believed that he took Aleister Crowley's mantle when Aleister Crowley died. See, when Aleister Crowley died, here's something people don't understand. When they die, that person's soul goes to hell. Okay, if they're unsaved, Aleister Crowley, I think it's a pretty safe bet he was went to hell. Most wicked piece of garbage on the planet. And so he dies and goes to hell. Well, his demons don't. The ones that were possessing him don't. They go somewhere else. Now, many times, if that person had had a son or progeny, those demons try to go into the uh, the offspring of that person. Okay, that's well known in the occult, what I just said. Well known. Okay, and because they're always seeking to inhabit a body. The Bible even talks about that in in the New Testament. When when a uh, you know an evil spirit goeth out of a out of the house, you know, and he seeks. It says he goes around in the desert in dry places, and he seeks to find a body to inhabit, essentially. And that's where it talks about when he comes back. If he finds the house swept clean, in other words, if there's if the Holy Spirit's not there occupying the house, then he'll he'll go get seven more demons worse than him and bring them back. And that person will be much, much worse off in the second state than he ever was had he was just had the one demon. Okay, now I know, I'm not, that's not an exact quote from the Bible. We're not doing a Bible study on that particular day. That's just the premise of that particular verse. So when somebody dies like Aleister Crowley, those demons and devils are going to seek to inhabit another body. Okay, whether they actually went into L. Ron Hubbard, I don't know. I think Aleister Crowley did have a child. He had a boy. 
I'm pretty sure. I don't know whether they went into him, but that would have been the most likely candidate. See, there were generational sin doorways that would allow those demons to go into him and, and actually have permission to actually go into that person. Okay, And again, we could, we could do a whole study on that probably, but we don't have time to get into that today. So if we go further, so we're talking about now uh, L. Ron Hubbard, founder of Scientology, and uh, John Parsons of Jet Propulsion Laboratory. They were involved in a special project during the 1945 and 1946. This special project, which was carried out in the California desert, this Mojave Desert we were talking about, was a part of the magical ceremonies of black witchcraft known as the Babylonian Working. Designed by Aleister Crowley, who died in 1947, the year of the alleged Roswell UFO crash and implementation of the National Security Act. The purpose of this series of ceremonies performed by Parsons and Hubbard was to unseal an interdimensional gateway. Now this is what we've been talking about with Todd Bentley for the last two weeks on stargates and portals and things of this nature. I know these are like light-hearted subjects, but hey, we got to talk about them. So, they were trying to open this interdimensional gateway that had been sealed in antiquity, thereby allowing other dimensional entities known as the Old Ones, they're trying to allow these other dimensional entities known as, quote, the Old Ones, access to our space-time continuum. They were trying to open a door, a devil gate, essentially, to let demons and devils and evil entities in, is basically what it pulls down to. And it talks about that in the Bible, where, you know, the bottomless pit, when it's open, the locusts are going to come out of it, and these types of things. There, there is biblical precedence for this. Okay? If these things are restrained right now, by, by spiritual gates, if you will. Okay? But as things get worse, and as things get more and more and more wicked, and as more witches are out there practicing their craft... And now we've got a whole generation of, of witches through Harry Potter. They are seeking to invoke and invite these, these evil entities, whether they're demons, devils, fallen angels, through these gateways. And what happens then? Well, now we've got one more, let's say for argument's sake, we've got one more fallen angel or one more devil or demon to deal with. Do you think that's going to help society or pollute society? Well, obviously it pollutes it. In a demonic way. So that's what they were, they were seeking to do. The accumulation of the ceremonies was reported to have been successful. Having resulted in the establishment of extraterrestrial contact. Isn't that funny? You know, they're trying to open this gateway and what they get is extraterrestrial contact. Crowley left behind a drawing of his invisible mentor. Call, and he called them the chief spirits or the spirit guides. And he entitled him Lom. This entity has a very large head and a small body and a pointed chin and a little slit in his mouth, which compares favorably with all the gray alien accounts that we've seen. Now this is what Aleister Crowley did in the Alamtroth working, which he had done years before. This Babylonian working that Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard were doing, they were trying to expand that and invite the whore of Babylon through this time. After... Crowley did his Alamtroth working. He went and spent, I believe, the night in the king's chamber in the Great Pyramid of Giza, and he had a whole book dictated to him through automatic writing, which was dictated by this entity, Lam. It's always, always pure 
evil what we're talking about here. But this is extremely high-level witchcraft. And witches don't, just don't do this to put on a good show. They do it because it gets results. You think they do all the ceremonial magic and go through all this rigmarole for nothing? There's benefit from a demonic standpoint to a witch or a warlock that's doing this stuff. And this is their religion. And they typically take their religion much more serious than the typical, quote, Christian would take their religion. Remember, they have a cruel taskmaster that they have to serve. Okay? Well, a taskmaster that requires much. Satan is, is a cruel taskmaster. They've got to go through all... And, and the higher you go up in the ranks, the more you got to do to please the devils. And it's never enough. Just ask anybody that's been involved in high-level witchcraft. So another British occultist, John Dee, who was the court astrologer for Queen Elizabeth I, would regularly summon alien-like entities. Now, through all these... We had talked about this before. Through these Catholic... Um, uh, writings and depictions and pictures. There's many, many uh, depictions of religious Catholic paintings where we had UFOs in the background. Now, this is before we ever had the common UFO phenomena. Yet, you have all these depictions, one after another, of this happening in these Catholic paintings that were made hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So, this isn't anything that's new to certain sects of our... It's just kind of a modern day phenomenon we think is, is, is new, but it's really not. Now, this is in regard to dulls. Now, I'm just reading from this article now. You can draw your own conclusions here. Okay? Several abductees and psychics through out-of-body experiences and former employees of the dulls base reported seeing large vats. Now this is in Dulce. Okay, this is what they're saying. I'm not saying I haven't been there. But, but ask yourself this question. Knowing that Satan is the most debauched creature in the universe, and knowing that his followers, if you follow him fully, he will take you to, from one level of depravity to the next, right? Yeah. He'll always seek to defile you more and more and more. The ultimate being in child sacrifice and homosexuality. Those are the two things that always brings the most severe judgment of God. As it should be. Okay. Knowing that these people wholly and utterly and totally serve Satan, do you think that he's going to have them doing fun things and good things and going around doing good deeds and things of this nature? Or do you think he's going to take them to the most debauched level possible? Particularly if they are of Satan's seed. If they are of his seed line. Because the Bible talks about Satan having his own seed. And we're and again, we're going to give those verses a little bit later. Several abductees, psychics, and former employees of the Dulles facility reported seeing large vats full of blood and body parts. Essentially a human stew. Their understanding is particular varieties of these so-called aliens, mostly greys, bathe in these vats to absorb nutrients through their skin. Anybody that's ever had an encounter with a gray alien will tell you they smell beyond nasty. Essentially, I believe how they absorb their whatever nutrition is through their skin. And they also excrete their waste through their skin. So you can imagine what you would smell like if you were doing... And they also, kind of funny, they usually come back reporting smelling of sulfur. 
like, you know, fire and brimstone and hell. Well, they're of their father, the devil. They got that the scent of their father on them. So these graves bathed in these vats to absorb nutrients through their skin. One of the secretions these aliens crave is adrenaline, which is generated in greater quantity when the victim is tortured or traumatized at the moment of death. Human sacrifice. Hmm. Wonder why they're doing that. Isn't it kind of funny that if you study the high-level occult when they, when they perform human sacrifice, which they do, people at high-level occult in the Illuminati, it's, that's how they practice their religion. You might go to church on Sunday, they practice their religion this way. They're serving their father, the devil. Isn't it kind of funny that what they do at those levels is at the moment of mass of, of most of traumatization, they will typically slit the person's throat and drink their blood. That's something they're obsessed with. Okay, If you drink a person's blood that's being traumatized, you're going to get the adrenaline in the blood. There's also another substance secreted that's never ever talked about called adrenochrome. And adrenochrome is another substance that's, that's um, secreted. And I've heard on that one, they'll actually, if they're adept enough, they'll actually take a needle and put it through the back of the skull and they know exactly where the gland is, where this adrenochrome is produced. And at the point of traumatization, they can actually pull it out. And they, it's like supposedly the most unbelievable high or adrenaline rush you would ever have. Don't, d this shouldn't be of any surprise to you if you really start to think about the depravity of Satan and the people that follow him. And we're going into the most wicked time the world's ever known. Probably bar none, probably save Genesis 6. Very, very time, very similar. Isn't that funny that Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, that's Genesis 6, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And that's the time we're going into. And also, as it was in the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah. So we've got those two comparisons, the two most wicked times the Bible ever mentions. And it says that's the way it's going to be today. Wow. But no, no, prosperity preachers like, you know, Joel Osteen and Benny Hinn and these types, oh, it's just going to get all better and better. The dominionists, it's going to just get better and better and better. Everything's going to be good. When the Bible actually says the exact opposite. So, if we go further, striking similarities are found in Egyptian Satanism as graphically detailed in the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Uh, this is a quote from that book. Behold ye then God this great slaughter, mighty of terror, he washeth in your blood, he bathe in your gore. End of quote. That's from the Egyptian Book of the Dead. That's strikingly similar to what we just read, isn't it? Yeah. It says that in... Um, in regard to what these Nephilim, these giants did in Noah's day, in the book of Enoch it talks about that, that they said they consumed all the acquisitions of men. And then when there was no more left, they turned on man and they, they basically became cannibals. Okay? Um, they defiled the birds, the fish. They had defiled everything. Genetically. It's exactly what they're doing today. I did a whole teaching on this with the cloning thing. Well, as it was in the days of Noah... It's just that today it's being done more underground, more covertly. But there's going to come a time when this facade comes off. That's what we're talking about today. There's going to come a time when the facade comes off, and it's going to be done more in the open. And we need to be prepared for that. So, it was a common practice for them 
this is in the Egyptian Book of the Dead, to sacrifice infants and young children, which is always the highest form of sacrifice. Look at Aleister Crowley's work. A young male boy is the highest form of human sacrifice, he, he felt. Why? Well, these glandular hormones that we mentioned with adrenochrome and adrenaline are more potent in children, number one. Two, the purpose of sacrificing infants and young children is to also obtain the life energy or force from the victim. They're vampirizing the life energy or force, and in particular a child, their innocence. And they also know, Satan also knows that this would grieve the Lord Jesus Christ, particularly more than you had, if you had just sacrificed, let's say, a man who had lived a life, you know, it's more grievous to God when children and infants are sacrificed. I mean, isn't that more grievous to us if we look at it? They're both bad, okay? Just different levels. So it's almost like Satan's trying to use these things to defile humanity as much as he could and to, to uh, I guess, get back at God as well. They vampirize this energy force. They believe if they drink the blood of an innocent child that they're sacrificing, it will, in some weird, mystical way, impart some type of immortality to them. Now, it never happens. But that's what they believe. And then they'll get more power as well. From a witchcraft perspective. Additional observations by some who have witnessed aliens recall distinct insignias or emblems on their uniforms. Now, remember, we had talked about this earlier on this, this disclosure. I read a paper, that Roper survey. It's like, I think like 3% of the population of America says they've been abducted. Or had close encounters? 3%. We're talking like millions of people. Just in America. It's being mostly suppressed by the media. I mean, not... And most people that that have this don't want to go around and wave their arms and say, Hey, hey, I'm an alien abductee. It's embarrassing. Okay? But in these private surveys, yes. That's a lot of people. And we're going to be discussing that in depth, too. Why did this all of a sudden start happening? Whereas before, it really wasn't happening very much, prior to the 1950s. We're going to discuss that later. So additional observations by some of witnessed aliens were called distinct insignias, or emblems on their uniforms. To no surprise, alien symbology is identical to that of the mystery religions of the ancient Babylon. Hmm. Again, what we're trying to do today is tie all this together. For instance, the winged sun disk is worn by the Draconians, or the reptilian race, which is prominently dis displayed throughout the sliding scale of the occultism. In these close encounters with these supposed alien entities, there's different ones that appear. You have the greys, you have the small greys, you have the large greys, you have the reptilians, you have um, some that don't fit in any classification. You have the Nordics, which are the ones that appear like the blonde hair, blue eye, they look just like these perfect people. Okay? So there's different ones that appear. The double-headed eagle or phoenix is associated with the greys. This is a, an insignia they tend to wear, which is a trademark of the Scottish Rite branch of Freemasonry. A book describing the interaction between non-human beings from other planets and the enlightened ones 
is found in, in the book. It's found in what book? The 33rd Degree Masons? A book describing the interaction between non-human beings from other planets and the enlightened ones is found in the book. Which book? Well, anyway. I'll go further here. Oh, it's found in this book, The Hidden Life of Freemasonry. They had kind of wrote that a little bit disjointedly. Mario Pazzagolini, probably butchered that one, who is a PhD, published his meticulous research pertaining to alien symbols in a book titled Symbolic Messages. An introduction into a study of alien writing. He effectively deciphered over 150 samples and concluded that a high percentage of alien alphabets are similar to magical alphabets of Hermetic and Enochian origins. Hermetic and Enochian magic is very, very high level occult magic. Okay? This is an entry level stuff. But isn't it weird that when he studied these two, this PhD, when he studied alien writing, he he deciphered over 150 samples and included that there was a high correlation with the percentage of these alien alphabets to magical alphabets in the Hermetic and Enochian origins. Huh, isn't that weird? Mario also surmised that further messages from aliens seem to most people to act as a nucleus for developing a sense of purpose in life. An increased realization that some kind of assignment from beyond humankind and a heightened spiritual sense. So they start feeling real special about themselves. I'm better than you. I've had an alien encounter. I've met with this supposed God. And he's given me these special instructions. And now I have a purpose in life. That's what they start. They actually start feeling prideful about this thing. And then they're promised Godhood as well. Just like Satan did to Eve in the Garden of Eden. He shall be as God's. Well, these aliens are promising these abductee victims the same thing. Further, messages from aliens see most people to act... Um, oh, we already read that. The, the specific contents of these ideas can be of any religious denomination or orientation or sometimes reveals or develops a totally new religion. Usually with conglomerate pieces from known religions and other cosmic, planetary, or stellar schemes. But I'll tell you one thing, it's always a common denominator. They always point you away from the true Lord Jesus Christ. And they'll always say, yes, you know, they don't really put Jesus Christ down, these, these alien encounters, but they'll always say, you know, he's an ascended master, he's one of us. He's working for us, in fact. That's what Lord Maitreya, Devil Maitreya says on his website. He says the same thing. And uh, they always, always, always downplay the Bible and say it's fraught with error and these types of things. It's, it seems to be the only book they're concerned with. Because it's really their only threat, if you think about it. In a case epitomizing this cosmic consciousness has been disclosed by Sky Ambrose, an alleged UFO alien abductee who was interviewed by Art Bell on his nationally syndicated radio show, Dreamland, October 16, 1994. She and her friend were supposedly abducted in Colorado after observing a UFO in November of 1989. Sky lost about two hours of time, which she could not account for, and decided to undergo hypnosis. A condensed version of what Mrs. Ambrose recalled is as follows. Now, I don't ever advised going through hypnosis. Okay, it's demonic. Okay, so, but anyway, that's how they always get to the bottom of things. 
this is in her account, it is recalled as, number one, the aliens looked translucent, with large heads upon thin, frail bodies. Their eyes were large and pronounced, but there was no recollection of noses or mouths. Skye and her friends were implanted with a small, square, tissue-like substance inside their heads. CAT scan analysis or x-rays have verified that these biological devices do exist. This is another thing that is proof of these whole alien abduction thing, is these people turn up with what they call implants in them. And they're implants that nobody can figure out, no doctor can figure out. Um, they've been removed before. Sometimes when they go to remove them, they disintegrate. Um, they're always of some material that can't really be explained, but it always seems as though they're implanted. These are kind of like tracking devices as well. Com communication with the aliens was achieved telepathically. In other words, when they get abducted, they actually communicate telepathically. Four, the aliens told Sky she was not chosen by them, but she, out of her own volition, decided to participate in this journey before her present life oh in reincarnation so in other words in another life she chose to participate in this big alien journey that's another life in the pit of hell they're always teaching reincarnation the circle of life and all this other stuff well if you believe in reincarnation you can just throw your bible right out the door so that right there alone you know you know they're liars to her but the bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment just once not as many times you want to go around. Uh, then, to her understanding, these beings are caretakers, or guardians of the planet. That's how they always portray themselves. This is the whole ancient astronaut theory that we've talked about in previous teachings, where the aliens said, hey, listen, we created you, you're a little science project, we seeded this planet millions and millions of years ago, you evolved into what you are today, and you've made such a mess of things, we're going to have to come back pretty soon and straighten everything out, because you've made such a mess. That's what they're saying. Okay? So, they are buddies, okay? Their function is to bring forth, quote, revelation through the spirit and unity, and the earth is, and the earth is the soul of God, a living entity, which is paganism, or animism, or this whole Mother Gaia thing, and Mother Gaia is being grieved because of all the things mankind is doing. Well, a lot of the things that are going on in this earth that are of an atrocity like nature, these devils are behind it. I'm not saying man's, you know, not there participating, but who is guiding the man? Who is guiding the Illuminati? And these types of people. What's the head and the source? Well, it's these evil demonic entities. They're blaming man for the very thing that they're leading man to do. And it's all by design. Number five, it was explained to her, this, this, this sky lady, that the universe, by these alien entities, these supposed alien entities, it was explained to her that the universe is rhythmic and presently at her peak cycle. What appears to be chaos is actually the birthing of a new order. Ah, like Ordo Ab Cal, which is the slogan for the 33rd degree Freemason. Huh, order out of chaos? Yeah, that's exactly what they're saying. I mean, maybe they, maybe all these aliens are uh, high-level Freemasons. They're initiates, I guess, evidently. I mean, maybe they go to their alien lodge. Kind of seems like they've got the same agenda, you know? So, uh, to enter into the next evolutionary level, you know, how, you know how you can tell if an alien's a Mason? If you look at their UFO, they'll have one of the square encompasses on their bumper. 
Did you know that? Yeah. And if they're a Shriner alien mason, they'll have the Shriner the thing. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm getting a little crazy now. So, a little, little humor in there. Anyway, so, so if we enter into the next evolutionary level, new bodies will be needed to reseed the planet. Reseed. Not like reseed, like the, like the waves receding or the... No. re seed, like to, to put more new seed on the planet. See, their goal is to corrupt the seed just like it was in Noah's day. It's exactly the reason why. They're trying to corrupt the seed just like in Noah's day. And it's kind of funny, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, huh, something to think about maybe. Maybe we want to look at what they're doing in Noah's day and see if it has any modern day parallel to today's day. Because this is one of the two main warnings that Jesus gave us. As in the days of Lot, as it was in the days of Noah. Huh. But very few people want to look at this. The hybrid body will be a combination of human and alien. Oh, like the Nephilim? Yeah, now this is what they're telling this girl that's being abducted. Isn't it kind of weird that a lot of these women get abducted and they get, they're pregnant? And there's whole shows devoted to this? They turn up pregnant and all of a sudden, you know, around 7th, 8th month, they get re-abducted and the baby's gone. Hmm. Wow. Isn't that kind of what they were doing in Noah's day? What, weren't, weren't the fallen angels, didn't they come down and they have, you know, sexual union with women and the offspring of that were these Nephilim? Yeah, well, if that was the case, why aren't there all these giants walking around on earth just like it was in Noah's day? Well, Satan doesn't exactly have to, number one, do exactly what he did in Noah's day as far as manifesting giants on the planet. There may come, come a time when we actually see that. Physically, when disclosure actually happens, I'm not 100% sure how it's exactly going to play out. But suffice it to say, they've got these hybrid creatures that the aliens are basically admitting to, that are going to reseed the planet. Number six, her renewed belief system incorporates the expression that negativity brings separation. But unity brings love. Isn't that special? Yeah, that's why I want to get a Bible study from. It's from an alien. I'm sure he'll, he won't, you know, he won't lead me down the wrong path. So they're all about unity and love and putting down barriers and these types of things. Whereas the Bible says the exact opposite. Wherefore, you know, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my children. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. We're supposed to be separate from them. Wherefore, come out from among her and be not partakers of her plagues. These types of things. Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. And a man's foes will be those of his own household. He came to separate us. Because if we commingle, we will be leavened and corrupted. And he doesn't want that. So you have to be separate. But see, the aliens are saying the exact opposite. These supposed aliens. These Satan seed creatures. Nephilim. That's what they're saying. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and end part one there. And we'll go to part two next.